Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the, what's today? I forget every day. Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday morning, live morning devotional. So it's good to have you here with me. And uh, I want to talk about something uh, that may cause a stir for some people, but it will set us free and it will help us to actually have results and to walk in something. All right, so I want to start in John chapter 5, actually. Uh, right. All right, verse 20 says, The Father dearly loves the Son and discloses to Him everything that He Himself does. So the Son has this relationship with the Father. Jesus, the Son, has this relationship with the Father, and the Father discloses to the Son what He does. Now, the Son is man on earth. The Son of man, okay, Jesus, has a relationship with the Father. The Father shows the Son what He does, and then the Son does what the Father does, okay? And he will disclose to him greater things yet than these, so that you may marvel and be full of wonder and astonishment. So this is really important to see the relationship between Jesus and the Father, and then consequently the relationship between us and Jesus, and because Jesus is in the Father, us and the Father. So Jesus said in John chapter 17, you can read it from verse 17 onwards, uh, as, he as the Father has sent him, so he has sent us. So we are now in the same relationship with Jesus as Jesus was with the Father. But because Jesus is in the Father, we, we can ask the Father in Jesus' name. All right? So, um, so this is important. We can see things in the Spirit. We can see things in the Scripture that he shows us by the Spirit. And if we do those things, we will be doing the works of the Father. And He can speak certain words to us. He can show certain words to us. And if we speak those words, we are speaking the things of the Father and speaking the things of Christ. So Jesus uh, reveals the Father and the Holy Spirit in us reveals Jesus. All right. So He says, just as the Father raises up the dead and gives them life, even so the Son also gives life to whomever He wills and He is pleased to give it. So what does the Son do? The Son gives life, all right? So we need to pay close attention what the Son does. The Son gives life. John chapter 10, the thief comes in order to steal, kill, and destroy. So we see many uh, examples of that in life. We see a lot of stealing and killing and destruction in the world. Um, John 10 verse 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have and enjoy life in abundance, more abundantly till it overflows. Amplified. Okay, so Jesus brings life in every situation through word and through deed. And those words and deeds he hears and sees from the Father. Now the Holy Spirit reveals to us Jesus who hears and sees from the Father so that we can do what Jesus hears and sees from the Father. Does it make sense? I hope so. Right? Even the Father judges no one. He has given all judgment entirely into the hands of the Father. Okay. All right. So, uh, this is, it kind of brings the point over. All right. So, uh, we need to just get this. That Jesus does what the Father shows. Jesus does what he sees the Father doing. Jesus says what he hears the Father saying. All right? Okay. So, um, so there's a couple of scriptures that I want to read to you. Okay, first is Matthew chapter 16. Okay, let's start reading in verse 30. Now when Jesus went into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they answered, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but you, who do you selves, who yourselves say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. So Peter got the revelation of the Christ. And the Christ is the anointed one. He's the one with the spirit without measure. Okay. Then Jesus answered him, blessed are you, fortunate, happy to be envied are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my father is in heaven. So flesh and blood cannot see this. It's not a revelation that comes through religious activity. It's not a revelation that comes through tradition. It's revelation that comes through the Spirit, okay? 
So it says, but my Father who is in heaven. So the Father who is in heaven gives this revelation that Jesus is the Christ. Okay? So the Spirit reveals that Jesus is the Christ because the Father is Spirit. Verse 18, and I tell you, you are Peter. So now Peter starts to see who he is because he recognized Jesus. Can you have me the aircon answered some brief? Thanks. Okay. And on this rock, I will build my church. So this is so important before we read the rest. On this rock of the relation of Jesus Christ and his relationship with the Father. On this rock, the relation of who Jesus is and the, the identity we have in Christ who is in the Father. Okay? I will build my church. So we are the church. We are the body of Christ and he's the head of the body. So we do what Jesus does because he's the head and we are the body. And he does only what he sees the Father doing. So our eyes needs to be on Jesus. Our focus needs to be on Jesus. All right? And the gates of Hades, the powers of the infernal region, shall not overpower it or be strong to its detriment or hold out against it. Okay, so darkness and all the forces of darkness and all the, the demons and the devil himself cannot hold out against it. Important to see. He says, the gates of Hades shall not overpower it or hold out against it. So I will build my church. I remember I grew up in the Reformed Church, and on the, the cornerstone of the building, this scripture was written. I, on this rock, I will build my church, and uh, the gates of hell shall not overpower it, or be strong to its detriment, or hold out against it. That gives hope. We're standing on a rock, man. We are, our foundation is the rock, which is Christ. It cannot be moved. It's that rock that Daniel said that grew and grew and grew and filled the whole earth. It's the kingdom of God, the rock, the Christ. Now it says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. All right, so there's some keys coming our way. And whatever you bind, declared to be improper and unlawful on earth, must be what is already bound in heaven. And whatever you loose, declare lawful on earth, must be what is already loosed in heaven. Okay, so how do we bind and how do we loose? Oh, I bind the devil and beyond Pluto and I bind the spirit over the city and I bind this and I bind that. If there's results, go for it. If there's faith, I will not, not knock anyone's faith. If there's results, go for it. Even if you have strange language, if there's results, go for it. But after all the binding, after all the loosening and all the binding of all the devils and, all the, and Satan himself and all the binding, why is the devil still running around? If, if it worked, then why is the world looking like it is looking? So we need to sometime just take stock and say, okay, let's look at Jesus and see what Jesus did. What did Jesus mean when he said binding and loosening? Okay? All right. So, and with this, uh, you, you, please be as free as you like to express your faith in any way that you like. But also be honest about uh, the results. Okay. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind... Declared to be improper and unlawful. Now, the King James says here, I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Now, I mean, I have no business binding anything in heaven. But we, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, pray in this wise. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So I agree with the interpretation of the translation of the Amplified. It says, I will give you the keys of heaven and whatever you bind on earth must be what's already bound in heaven. So that means we need to see what is, what is in heaven. And then we need to say and do what we hear and see in heaven and demonstrate it on the earth. So that's what Jesus did. Jesus didn't run around on the hilltops around the city with a wooden sword saying, I bind Satan and I bind it. He didn't do that. He, he did go to the hilltop, but he prayed to his father 
and his father, who sees in secret, rewarded him in the open. So his focus wasn't on trying to catch demons with some weird spiritual slogan or something. But his, his, his intention was to see, to have fellowship, to focus in on the Father, on nothing else, to, to completely ignore everything else. Even when Jesus was tempted, he didn't focus on, the, on Satan at all. He answered him saying, it is written, it is written, it is written, it is written. When he was tempted, Jesus said, it is written, it is written, it is written, it is written. So our focus needs to be on the word. Our focus needs to be on the word so that the word can be made flesh. Colossians chapter 3 says, let the word of God dwell in you richly. Okay? So let the word dwell. And then if there's a temptation, meditate on the scriptures and then speak it and say, it is written. It is written. It is written. Okay. So how do I lose something? How do I bind something? Okay. What do you allow in your mind? What do you allow your mind to think? So before we want to run around and bind the demons, what do you allow in your own mind? Because whatever your effect on, on what is around you is limited to what you allow inside your mind and inside your heart. All right? So if you don't have authority over your own thoughts, how are you going to have authority over demons in the air? How are you going to have authority over the strong man over the city? What? So... People run around, oh, I bind this and I bind that, and then the next thing, they curse someone in traffic. So that curse word, oh, F U O, beep, beep, oh, beep, beep. Okay, those words, you, what you are doing is you are speaking realities. What you are doing is you are saying something, but it's from the wrong source. So you are declaring something, and because you have the authority, those things continue. All right? So, uh, how about we just speak the word? We just speak the word. So if we meditate on the word, imagine what atmosphere will hang around you. If we only speak the word, imagine what power comes out of your life and how the angels hear the word of God from the, from the throne, from fellowship with Jesus, out of your mouth, and they can go, and the angels are loosed to do something. The angels of God go with the command of the sons of God, because Hebrews uh, chapter 1 and 2 says, are not the angels flames of fire and ministering spirits sent out in, for the service of those who are, are in, uh, to be heirs of, of God, to receive the inheritance? Okay, so the angels are under God's command, but the angels are sent for your benefit. So if you are connected to the head, which is Christ, resting with Christ in heavenly places, seated with Christ in heavenly places, standing on this earth, and then speak a word out of fellowship. Like Jesus did, he would, he would uh, go to the hill, and he would just spend time with Jesus, spend time with Jesus, spend time with Jesus, oh, with, with the Father, sorry, spend time with the Father, and he's in the presence of the Father, and he comes down the mountain, and he just say, rise up and walk, your sins are forgiven. So what do you think you saw on the mountain? So he comes down. He says, uh, rise up and walk. Okay, so, so there's this lady healed. All right? And the Pharisee says, oh, man. You know, the lady with the, I think it's the lady with the, with the blood flow. Okay? Okay, so it's this lady, and Jesus healed her. And the Pharisee said, you can't, can't heal her on the, on the Sabbath day. And Jesus said, you hypocrites. Do you not loose your donkey and lead your donkey to the water on the Sabbath day? Shall not this daughter of Abraham then be loosed on the Sabbath day? Okay, if you can just search that scripture for me. Okay, so shall not the daughter of Abraham be loosed? So what was loosed? The daughter was loosed. So we've, we've seen it so many times, Ne. Uh, I saw it with Prophet Kubis, and, I, and I, just, I just started copying his faith, and I started doing There was a, a visiting um, family. They were sitting right here, they, uh, and there were all kinds of issues and bad dreams, and 
everything was destro destroyed and their whole life was really in dire straits. Okay, so, so this lady was standing here. I just walked to her and I touched her hands and I say, I set you free in Jesus' name. And she fell back. And all the stuff went away. All the bad dreams went away. Never came back again. All right? And she, she got up and she had peace and she was just full of the Holy Ghost. All right? So, and then... Uh, all her pains left and so on. And later we heard, no more bad dreams, no more this. And the finances started turning around by just stepping out, touching her hands and saying, I set you free in Jesus' name. Shall not this daughter be loosed on the Sabbath day? What is the Sabbath day? It's rest. So the true Sabbath is resting in the throne, speaking the word that you hear from the Father, speaking the word, and this is Doing the works of the Father, doing the works of Christ from the place of rest, that's the true Sabbath. So the Sabbath is signs and wonders and miracles. Okay, so should not this woman be loosed um, on the Sabbath day? All right. Hmm? Luke 13 verse 10, okay. Hey, morning, Aaron. It's good to see you. Hi, Janine. Uh, let me just see. Luke 13, verse 10. Thank you, Nico. Now, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. There was a woman there who for 18 years had an infirmity caused by a spirit, a demon of sickness. She was bent completely forward and utterly unable to straighten herself up or to look forward. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are released from your infirmity. So we loosed her, okay? Thou art loosed from thine infirmity okay that is in uh luke 13 verse 12 okay then he laid his hands on her and instantly she was made straight and she recognized and thanked and praised god but the leader of the synagogue indignant because jesus had healed on the sabbath said to the crowd there are six days on which she ought uh, work ought to be done uh, so come on those days and be cured and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord replied to him saying, you play actors, King James, you hypocrites. Does not each one of you on the Sabbath lose his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead it out to water it? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? Okay, so what did Jesus do? When you see Jesus walking, what did he do? He just went about teaching, preaching, healing the sick. Okay? Remember John chapter 5, the, the, the man, the lame man at the bath of Bethesda. John chapter 5. John 5. Okay? <laughs> so Jesus walks in there and says, do you want to walk? He says, there's no one to put me in the pool and the angel stirs the water. He says, rise up. Do you want to walk? I didn't ask if you want to go into the pool. Just do you want to walk? Yes. Okay. Rise up. Take a bit of walk. Boom. There he goes. He loosed him. All right? So... Uh, uh, Matthew chapter 9, the lame man <laughs> comes through the roof this time, a different lame man, you know, and his tiles and his dust, and, and here comes the guy, and he's in, in, in front of Jesus. And Jesus saw their faith, all right? And Jesus said, your sins are forgiven you. He didn't ask him where he came from. He didn't ask him if his father or his grandfather was a Freemason. He didn't ask him if maybe his great-grandfather, you know, slaughtered some cats or did something, you know, nothing of the sort. He didn't ask him his, his I mean, if you really want to go back into your lineage, just go straight back to Adam and see the destruction came in there with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So he didn't try to repent through lists for your forefathers and try to get you free so that you can get, no. He just said, your sins are forgiven. So the Pharisee said, who can forgive sins except God alone? And Jesus said, okay, well, what is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or rise up and walk. But to prove to you that God has given to the Son of Man the power to forgive sins, I say to you, rise up and take your bed and walk. Right? And he got up and he took his bed and he walked. Right? And then they were angry because, again, it was on the Sabbath day. All right, so the guy was loosed from his lame uh, situation. He couldn't walk, and he was loosed from all sin. He was forgiven his sin, and the sickness just fell off, right? And he got strength, so he was loosed. 
Oh, is it really the time? Okay. <laughs> okay, so we, it's going to be cut a little bit short. Okay, so, so Jesus loosed people from sickness. Okay? I don't see Jesus um, saying anything to, to bind the demon. I mean, Revelation 20 speaks of the dragon that's bound, and Jesus bound the dragon. I mean, Jesus bound Satan on the cross. All right? So I believe that is finished, Revelation chapter 20. I believe it's finished. It's not something that still needs to come. All right. So why is the devil then running around? It's because Christians don't see the gospel. Christians don't see what Jesus has already done to, and speak and do accordingly to what he shows he already did. There's Everything has been given into our power. Everything has been given to our hands. Oh God, oh God, hey, excellent is your name in all the earth. What is man that you visit him? What is son of man that you, that you think of him? Uh, th then he says, um, uh, you have crowned him with glory and you've, you've put him over the works of your hand. Now Hebrews chapter 2 continues and he says, now in putting, it subjected everything under his feet. So in, in subjecting any, everything under him, um, he said, uh, we do not yet see everything subject to us. All right? Let me just quote it right. He receives in the Amplified. He says, when he says he subject everything, he left nothing outside of man's control. Nothing outside of man's control. All right? But we do not yet see all things under our feet. But we see Jesus. So whatever you see Jesus doing, the risen Christ seated at the right hand of the Father, he is your head and you are one with him, seated with him in heavenly places. Whatever he says, say it. Whatever he does, do it. Then you will be loosing the right stuff and you will be binding the right stuff. All right? So uh, I'm just saying enough already with all this weird talk. Again, that's my perspective. If it has results, please continue the weird talk. Please continue if it has results. But if it doesn't have results, just be honest with yourself. Okay. All right. So um, I will give you the keys of, the he of heaven. Okay. Matthew 18 says the same. Truly, I tell you, whatever you forbid and declare to be improper and unlawful on earth must be what's already forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit and declare proper and lawful on earth must be what's already permitted in heaven. Again, I tell you. If two of you on earth agree about whatever, anything, they may ask, it will come to pass and be done for them by my Father in heaven. So immediately he gives another example of what it means to bind and loose. So if you agree something, it will be so. So what do we allow? What do we allow? Come on, people. We can turn our nations around through prayer. What do we allow? We can turn our nations around through prayer. We can pray. We can say things. We can, we can rule and reign like we were called to do. Uh, Romans chapter 5, 17 says, Those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness will reign as kings in life. So binding and loosing has to, has to do with receiving grace. And saying what Jesus is saying and doing what Jesus is doing. Okay. Okay. I just want to jump quickly to Luke 11. Verse 24. Okay. Now verse... Let's start at verse 20. Uh, verse 18. And if Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom last? For you say, I expel demons with the help of Beelzebub. Now, if I expel demons with the help of Beelzebub, with whose help and by whom do your sons drive them out? Therefore, they shall be your judges. But if I drive out demon by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has truly come upon you. So part of the kingdom of God is we drive out demons. So we lose the person from the demon. But we drive out the demon. Okay, now he says, When the strong man, fully armed, 
from his courtyard, guards his own dwelling, his belongings, he's undisturbed, his property is at peace and is secure. But when one stronger than he attacks him and conquers him, he robs him of his whole armor on which he had relied and divides up and distributes all his goods as plunder. He who is not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me, engage in my interests, scatters. So we need to be doing what Jesus is doing. Otherwise, we're standing up against him. Verse 24. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it roams through waterless places. For everyone that goes for this weird water spirits teachings. There's no demon water spirits. If a demon is cast out, it goes to the desert, to waterless places, not to the waters. The Spirit of God moved upon the waters, and God said, and there was light. All right. An unclean spirit has gone out of a person. It roams through waterless places in search of a place of rest. And finding none, it says, I will go back to my house from which I came. And when it arrives, it finds the place swept and put in order and furnished and decorated. And it goes and brings other spirits, seven of them more evil than itself, and they enter in, settle down, and dwell there, and this last state of that person is worse than the first. Okay, so that means we lose the person from a demon, okay? Jesus said, Matthew chapter 16, cast out devils. So we don't speak with them. We don't ask it questions. We, all we have to say to a demon is, Out. With a word, he cast them out. So just out. Okay? So when it is out, it goes to waterless places. All right? So this person now needs to be filled with the Spirit of God. If this person is filled with the Spirit of God, born again, filled with the Spirit of God, that demon can't, cannot come back. Do you get what I'm saying? So you need to take responsibility about what you hear, about what you think, and about what you say. Otherwise, what you say invites it back. What you think and meditate on invites your problem back, and the problem comes back worse than it was before. All right? So we can, we can lose someone, but if you run after the thing in which, you, which kept you bound before, then what does that help? Okay? So Galatians chapter uh, 5 says, in this freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm then in this freedom and do not be ensnared again by a yoke that you have once put off. Okay, so we lose the people and we bind them to Christ. Do you know that we are bond servants of Christ? We bound, bind people to Christ. We bind them to the glory. We bind them to the freedom. I want to be chained to the freedom of Christ. I want to be bound to the Spirit of God. I want to be so bound because He bought me with a price. First Corinthians 6, I'm not my own. The body is not for immorality. The body is for the Lord. So now I don't want to be bound to certain things, desires and stuff of the body. I want to be bound to Christ. And I want Him and His desires to be manifested in my body. Right? So if I'm busy with Christ, if I'm surrendered to Christ, if I'm willfully a bond servant to Christ, those things cannot touch me. But if I constantly run back to this stuff, then guess what? It's going to affect my life. All right? So if you are born again and you turn back to things like that, you can't be demon-possessed. But that demon can lie to you and you can have demonic influence. But you can't be demon-possessed. You are forever free. But now, get your mind in the Word. Be transformed by the entire renewal of your mind. So if there's, if there's some problem and you, and you struggle over decades, to come, let people pray for you and set you free from the thing. All right? But then, fill your heart with the Word. Fill your mind with the Word. Fill your, your life with the Spirit of God. Always bear fruit, praising Him, worshiping Jesus. And go out and... and uh, uh, do what Jesus did. Say what Jesus said. All right? Okay. Then there's just one thing. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. Forgive me for the sniffing. Okay. The 70 returned. Let me just rewind a little bit, otherwise it's not going to make sense. And you, Capernaum, verse 15. Will you be exalted unto heaven? You shall be brought down to Hades. 
He who hears and heeds you dis, uh, disciples hears and heeds me, and he who's, who slights and rejects you slights and rejects me, and he who slights and rejects me slights and rejects him who sent me. Okay, so if, some, if we go and preach and someone receives you, they receive Jesus and they receive the Father. If they reject you, they reject Jesus and they reject the Father. Verse 17, the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Yes, so in the name of Jesus, we believe in the name of Jesus, Sunday's message, in your name, the demons are subject to us, okay? And he said to them, I saw Satan falling like a lightning flash from heaven. That means Satan is not in heaven. That means if you try and bind stuff in heaven, which is already done, you're wasting your time. But speak according to what Jesus has already done and you will see the victory. Do you know that Satan is already cast out? Matthew chapter 12 says the same thing. Okay, And, in, and it's twice in Revelation it says uh, he was cast out and he was bound. All right, So the devil is cast out. He's finished. You know, Colossians chapter 2 says he's disarmed and he's defeated. Okay, So he's, he's finished. So all he's got left is lies. Now, if we're going to exalt the, the devil and then run around as if he's this big threat, we're going to be very busy. But you know what? If we can see that Satan has, has fallen like a lightning flash from heaven and we start speaking the keys of the kingdom, unlocking things for people so that people can live in a secret place and binding them to Christ, and casting out the dead stuff so that they can walk, go to waterless places. We don't want those, those demons to, to come and plague the people again. The people need to be filled with the Holy Ghost and bound to Christ. All right? So we need to speak as Jesus spoke. We need to, to do as Jesus did. And that is binding and loosening. Okay. Behold, I've given you authority and power to trample upon serpents and scorpions. Oh God, oh God, excellent is your name. You, you have put all things, you've crowned him with glory. You've, you've put him over the works of your hand. You've put all things under his feet. You are in Christ. All things are under the feet of Christ. So, if we associate with Christ on the throne and we do what he does and we see, speak what he speaks, we trample upon demons. Okay? I've given you authority and power to trample upon serpents and scorpions. Trample them. All right? And physical and mental strength and ability over the power that the enemy possesses. So that means in your mind you have strength. And you have authority in your mind not to allow bad stuff in your mind. Because what you meditate on will hang around you. And what you speak, you will activate around you. All right? Okay. So, mental strength and ability over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall in any way harm you. So, you don't have to focus on the enemy. You know, people say... Um, Ephesians 6, you know, the armor of God. And then they say, yeah, but there's no, nothing for the back. But the breastplate did cover the back anyway. If you look at, at the armor of the soldiers of those times, they had something on their back. Okay? But be that as it may. Do you know that Isaiah says, the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard? I think it's Isaiah 58. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. So I don't have to look behind me. I only need to look to Christ. I need to see his face, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Whenever Moses is read, tree of knowledge of good and evil, a veil lies on their hearts and minds. But whenever a person turns in repentance, the veil is stripped off and taken away. And uh, so we, we turn to the Spirit. Okay, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Freedom, that means someone has been loosed, and someone has been bound to freedom. Okay? So, then he says in verse 18, And we beholding with unveiled face in the word of the Lord as in a glass, the glory of the Lord, the glory is from the face of Jesus. So we see in the word and we see the Spirit of God showing the face of Jesus and showing, we hear what he says and we see what he does. Okay? They will be transformed in ever-increasing splendor from glory to glory, from the old, which is darkness, to the new, ever-increasing kingdom. 
All right? This is from the Lord who is the Spirit. So you need to behold. You don't need to study the demons. You don't need to try and find out what's the Spirit that's binding the city. You don't need to do that. All you need to do is preach the gospel, heal the sick. If there's no signs and wonders and miracles, I'm sorry, but there's no results. So if you can't lose someone from a headache, how are you going to lose the city from a strong man? It just does not make sense. There has to be some kind of measurable result. There must be something. There must be presence of God in a meeting. There must be at least someone getting up out of a wheelchair. There must be at least someone whose back pain disappears. There must be something like a blind eye seeing or a deaf ear hearing. So we see people being loosed. That's being loosed. And in the context, Jesus loosed people that was bound by sickness. Jesus loosed people from sin. The woman caught in the act of adultery in John chapter 8. He says, here comes the Pharisees again and they want to accuse the lady. All right? She caught in the act of adultery. Jesus says, okay, the one without sin. You want to accuse her, but you're doing the same stuff. Are you joking? So he wrote in the ground. He says, the one without sin cast the first stone. And they all dropped their stones and they went away conscience stricken because they all had sin. Jesus said, where are those thine accusers? Do you know that the word accuser in Hebrew is Satan? Do you know that the word accuser or adversary is Satan? Do you see that Satan... The religious crowd represented Satan. The ones always pointing a finger. The one always rejecting the miracle. Okay? So Jesus never tried to lord over people. What Jesus did is he set people free in love. So he said, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. So he set her free from sin. I do not condemn you. Go and sin no more. And she started following him. Okay, go and sin no more. All right. So this is what Jesus does. This is what Jesus says. We can set people free. Okay. Our our messages, the scriptures need to line up with the scriptures, because there's so many weird, fluffy stuff being preached with these scriptures. But again, if you have if you have results. Go for it. But I don't really see any change in those kind of things. You know what? what why there's, you know, sometimes you just step into a place and you can feel there's a spirit hanging there. It's not good. You can see. Why do you think there's a spirit hanging there? It's because there's people there that think certain things and that say certain, certain things and that do certain things. And you can feel it. That's where they usually gather and do those evil things and think those evil things and speak those evil things. So when you get there, there's a, a spirit hanging there. There's an atmosphere hanging there. All right? What do you need to do to change those things? Preach the gospel, heal the sick, raise the dead. Wherever you go, there's light. And the gates of Hades, the gate of, of hell, will not overpower it. You've got the light. You've got the kingdom. All right? So... Isn't it amazing that people step into this building and they just say, wow, I can feel the presence in here. Why is it? Because this area has been prayed through. I mean, it's been preached through. There's been miracles here. There's been, there's been hours and hours of worship and teaching in this, in this, on this spot. So it's, it's, an, it's a different atmosphere. It's a different manifestation of spirit hanging in this place. This is not a place where people come and do evil things. So when people walk in there, they say, wow, it feels so different. People, many times, many, 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 many times. And I remember, um, you know, you can feel it when you, when you walk into... Um, uh, Marnas Nell's church there in Porchestrum, Abundant Grace. When you walk in there, man, not even in the church yet, you just drive onto the property, you just feel the glory, it just hangs there like a thick cloud. Okay? The same with Prophet John Wasserman, Airport Christian Fellowship in Kempton Park. I mean, you just walk in there, you just feel it's like an atmosphere of freedom around you. Okay? Why? Because people are being set free there. <laughs> the word sets them free. You can just sit and listen to a sermon and be free of your problem. Okay? All right, so then don't go back home and watch evil stuff on your computer or your phone. Or don't go back home 
and go right back into the vice that you were just set free from. Okay? Really take the new word. Take the freedom. Take the manifestation of the Spirit. So you, you, you and you alone have the responsibility to guide yourself closer and closer and closer to Christ. If the Spirit is drawing you, you need to respond. If the Spirit of God is speaking to you, you need to respond and say stuff and do stuff. All right? So, so people can come and minister to you and set you free. But from there, hey, you need to receive what is given. Receive the grace. Receive the grace. And then start following their faith. Start doing what they do. Start saying what they say. So that, so that you can be equipped to do the same thing. That's the, that's the uh, role of the, the um, five-fold ministry. Okay. All right. Now. John 20, verse 23, King James. Whoever sins you remit, they are remitted unto them. And whoever sins you retain, they are retained. Okay, so he said, receive you the Holy Ghost. Whoever sins you remit, they are remitted. Whoever uh, sins you retain, they are retained. You have the authority to forgive them. You have the mandate to forgive them. It's not God that has to forgive them. Yes, he has forgiven them. Hear me what I'm saying. But the body of Christ needs to go and speak forgiveness to people stuck in sin. So people are stuck in sin because of condemnation. People are stuck in sin because of insecurities, because of past hurts, because of stuff that happened to them and stuff that happened to them when they were small. All those things, this stuff that happened and it keeps people bound and it keeps them in cycles in their mind and they can't break free and they can't get out of it. So there's compulsive behavior and there's addictions and there's all kinds of things and people are bound in it and they, can't, they just can't get out. So how will they get out? When you step into their life and you say, do you know your sins are forgiven? Acts chapter 13, 38. Let it be clearly known among you that through this man, forgiveness and removal of sins are now proclaimed to you. So I say to you, you are forgiven. You are forgiven. I forgive you in the name of Jesus. And they are forgiven. So who are you to forgive sins? A son of God with a mandate from God, there's the scripture. <laughs> who are you to heal the sick? What is easier for me to say? Your sins are forgiven or rise up and take your bed and walk? Loosed. People loosed from sickness, people loosed from sin. We need to start getting bold in what the scripture says, right? So whatever we manifest is what's going to continue, okay? We need to focus on what Christ is doing and do that. So, I don't know. If, we, if we're going to try and in deep intercession bind this spiritual line that goes through this church and it, because it comes from Pluto, and it, what are we busy with? Honestly, seriously, like really seriously. The stuff that people are saying just doesn't even come out of the word. So if we're going to be religious about it and we're not going to do and say what Jesus says, then we're basically just bringing our own religion to the, to the forefront. And we just want to be religious for the sake of being religious. Okay? Right, so... But again, if I don't understand your re revelation and you have true faith in God and you have, you have um, results, I don't care what your language looks like. I will not criticize your faith. If there's results, go for it. I'm with you. Okay. Right. Hebrews chapter 10 says the following. Verse 28 says, Any person who has violated and thus rejected and said it not the law of Moses is put to death without pity or mercy on the evidence of two or more of these witnesses. How much worse, sterner, and heavier punishment do you suppose he will be judged to deserve who has spurned and thus trampled underfoot the Son of God and who has considered the, the covenant blood by which he was consecrated common and unhallowed, thus profaning it and insulting the, and outraging the Holy Spirit who imparts grace? For we know him who said, vengeance is mine. I will repay. Okay. Woohoo. Heavy. Okay. Listen. If you're going to say and do what Jesus did and said, and you're going to do what he sent you to do, preaching the gospel of his blood, honoring the blood of Jesus, believing in the blood of Jesus, and letting the power of the blood of Jesus set people free from sin, and set people free from sickness and disease, 
right? Then you will be trampling the serpents and scorpions. Then you'll be trampling the powers of the enemy. It's under your feet. So you don't have to bind them. They're just under your feet and you crush them. And they're just gone. All right? The seed of the woman, Jesus, will crush the head of the seed of the serpent. Jesus crushed the head of the seed of the serpent. And the seed of the serpent was, he called them Matthew chapter 12, you serpent seed, the Pharisees. The religiosity, the knowledge of good and evil, that's the serpent seed. Okay? That's those who carry the seed of the very serpent in their hearts. All right. So they allow the stuff of the serpent to continue. So, but we have the authority. So if we as the church start to trample on the, on the serpents and the scorpions, how do we do that? We preach the blood and the gates of Hades. We, we stand on the rock, which is Christ. The gates of Hades will not overpower it. Darkness cannot comprehend it. All right? So it's got no power. It's underneath your feet. If you believe it, and if you start speaking accordingly, thinking accordingly, proclaiming accordingly, lay your hands on the sick as Jesus commanded. Speak the gospel. What you do when you speak those words, you clear the air. What you do is when you speak the gospel of Jesus Christ and heal the sick, do you know what you're doing? You're renewing people's minds. They see it and they start believing. So the, all the atmospheres inside them and around them starts changing. So as you walk into the place and start speaking, suddenly people start to experience glory and their lives are transformed because they just saw you. And those demons have to flee and they go to waterless places. They flee from because otherwise they're crushed underneath your feet. All right? All right. Okay. So, but if we insist on the religiosity, ignoring the blood of Jesus, ignoring the cross of Christ, and just go on with religious activity, we are tr actually trampling the Son of God, trampling the blood of Christ. And that's not the thing we want to trample. We don't want to exalt ourselves over the blood and the cross. We want to preach the blood and the cross, and only the blood and the cross. So 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says, I want to know nothing among you. Make a display of the knowledge of nothing among you, except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I don't want to know about demons. I don't want to know about them. I don't want, they must go, all I know about them is they must be out. So my only response to a demon is, out. I set you free in Jesus' name, Out. All right? That's all we have to say to a demon, and he has to obey. All right? Okay. Right. What was the other scripture I had? There may be more. I just want you to just be free. All right? So there's, there's stuff that has results that where people have just in, interesting language. I don't care. I'm the last to judge. If there's results, you have my respect. But there's so much nonsense. There's so much waste of time. Keeping people busy till late at night with all kinds of things and nothing changes. Let's go and set the people free with a word of forgiveness. Let's go and set people free by laying our hands on them. That's the kingdom. That's the keys of the kingdom. All right, let's keep it simple. All right, so I hope this message has blessed you. And uh, uh, I mean, these scriptures are there and they're real and it's good. And God wants us to loose and God wants us to bind. But he wants us to bind the people to God. And he wants us to loose the people from evil and sin and sickness and death. All right. So uh, I hope this has blessed you and done something for you. Okay. All right, so uh, let me just greet some people. Hello, Ma and Pa Vessels. Hello, Ma Rosa. Lekker om te zien. Hello, Tani Yuki. Saka Vat Masi. Bless you. It's good to see you. Hi, Rob. Blessing, bless you, man. And uh, there's Tani Yuki again. Bless you. Okay. And uh, Aaron Michaels, Janine, and Lene, bless you all. So um, there's the email address. Please send us. And especially on this, if you have questions or if you have a scripture and you say you're wrong, Jared, 
Seeing the scripture, I re if, if I'm really wrong, I will say live, I will say I was wrong, this is scripture. This is the invitation, this is the email address. <laughs> really, 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 truly. If you have a scripture and you say I'm wrong, I will, I will say yes, you're right, there's the scripture. But if not, then please take, take the word. All right, so uh, I, yes, I speak strongly, yes, I speak boldly, uh, but I submit the scriptures to you, and I pray that God will, will give us revelation. Okay, there's the email address, and I invite you to, to respond. Okay, even if there's a testimony or something, I just want to tell you this testimony. This is amazing. This, uh, last night at the prayer meeting, uh, there was a lady who was in a car accident in 2006, and, she, and some, some time after that, she got problems in her back. Some nerves started pinching, and she always constantly had pain and problems because of this nerve pinching, okay? So it's now 2021, so it's a long time, okay? So prayed for her, and it, it's gone. So we trust in Jesus' name that it will stay gone, <laughs> in Jesus' name. All right, just wanted to share that with you. All right, so be blessed, everybody. Have an amazing day. We'll see you again tomorrow morning at 9. Have an amazing day. Amen.